Hey, it's Jay from Tech Parental. I wanted to say hello and thank you so much for favoriting my station. I think of all the stations that have uh, I've connected with on Anchor here, you might be like the anti-Tech Parental channel. I mean, as far as professional stuff goes, um, <laughs> you're a sex channel. I'm a parenting channel. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much. Maybe you have kids and that you care about their their lives and how they connect to the internet and you know what they do with their connected devices if that's the case call into the show um and let me know your thoughts as far as your stuff i was listening to a little bit of your jealousy stuff there and with your ex-husband and uh yeah i mean i guess everybody's jealous and uh, everybody likes sex well most people do so uh i'll definitely be favoriting yours and uh following you so thanks again for the support and uh let's chat soon it's actually really funny that Tech Parental called in and said what he said. Um, his channel's cool. You guys should check it out if you are interested in those topics he mentioned. But the idea that sex is the complete opposite of parenting, uh, I want to talk about that. I already called into his show and sort of um, shared my viewpoint. But I think that it's common to think, well, raising kids and sex, what does that have to, one have to do with the other? And to that, I would just say, I mean, where did your kids come from? Right. I mean, assuming you didn't get IVF, which many people do these days, most kids are the product of sex. And what's more, sex plays a very important role in parenting because whether you're talking about it with your kids or not, they're going to sex is going to be a part of their lives. And one of the things that I try to do with my website, The Sex Reporter, is to, you know, try to spread a more normal objective way of talking about sex that makes it okay for people to talk about it with each other but also for people to talk about it with their kids i mean we live in this sex negative culture where you know it's seen as something dirty that's something that you want to shelter your children from and up to a certain point yeah you don't want to hypersexualize your your little elementary school age children but at the same time we've gone so far in the other direction where we want to shield them from everything sexual as if sex is a bad thing. And this can create some, in my opinion, very unhealthy attitudes about sex and unhealthy relationships with our own sexualities. I grew up in a household where my mom did not talk about sex. Um, I learned everything that I knew about sex as a youngster from other kids in school, from mass media. And I remember, you know, my dad wasn't very much a part of my life, but there was one time where he, where he came home to visit and he sort of just dropped a book off in my room and it was something like everything your 10-year-old needs to know about sex. And it was a sex education book. And I remember opening that book straight to a page that had a diagram of, you know, PIV, penis and vagina sex, like just showing where the penis went in the woman's body. And it was like mind-blowing, not because like I suddenly was like, ooh, sex as a 10-year-old, but I was like, oh, that's how it works. Because, you know, I, I, I still actually remember how wild my imagination went when I really had no idea what sex was, but that it was just this thing that we giggled about at school and that happened between men and women and we weren't supposed to talk about it. I mean, you, there's no way you're ever going to shelter your kids from having those conversations. And I would argue that you don't want to shelter your kids from those conversations. What you want to do is equip them with the age-appropriate knowledge so that they're not going in blind and learning inappropriate things from people and who knows what people are teaching them, right? So as a parent, 
I think it's really important to be involved in your children's sex education. Lord knows that in schools, we're not getting, you know, there are many states in this country, I'm in the US, that don't require sex ed. And when they do require sex ed, they don't allow science-based sex ed. They would rather have abstinence-only sex ed, which means, which is just to say, telling kids it's no sex and that's the only option, which obviously doesn't happen as is evidenced by rising rates of teenage pregnancy and STIs. So if you are a parent and you're thinking, well, sex is the farthest thing from my job or farthest thing from what I care about in my life right now, I would, I would urge you to think about that again and think about how your own sex life um you know plays a role in your family remember that your kids are looking at you and your whoever you're co-parenting with to see your relationship with each other and the way that you relate to your own sexuality for cues on how they can be healthy functioning adults so i think sex is a very important part of parenting Well, since we're on the topic, why don't we make this the question of the day? How did you guys learn about sex? Did your parents talk to you about it? Did you learn about it from friends? Did you learn about it from porn? And if you have kids, how are you planning to pass that knowledge on if you are planning to at all? Has anyone out there ever had that really weird, awkward conversation that we see in TV families? I never did. I have talked to my mother about sex once or maybe twice my entire life um if you don't count all the times that she just lectured me telling me that the only thing boys wanted from me was to sleep with me uh and some other times when she might have insinuated that when I snuck out that I must have been doing something quote-unquote slutty or whatever so yeah I never had those weird conversations but the idea that you know there were parents out there that were like so we need to talk about the birds and the bees I always thought that was hilarious I don't know. It just seems, I just can't even imagine it. Let me know. Hey, this is Dr. New, and I'm responding to your segment on uh, sex and parenting. I was uh, a child of the 80s, and um, uh, certainly my parents were of the philosophy that if you were old enough to ask, then you're old enough to get um, the full information, no matter whether or not you actually watched it. Uh, So um, uh, I found out um, uh, probably when I was five or six, um, the mechanics of um, sex. But um, my parents were always quite open to questions Um, about uh, all of that and it made a huge difference to my understanding of my own sexuality uh, later on. And I guess what that means is that uh, because I didn't grow up seeing sex as something shameful, uh, I didn't have really any of the hang-ups that a lot of my contemporaries had um, in my 40s and uh, there was a lot of um, misinformation around. Um, I grew up without the internet. Um, I'm probably the last generation, non-internet generation. Uh, and um, really, I think that uh, we're um, still seeing um, sex considered as something dirty uh, and uh, something that should be hidden from children. And 
by making it forbidden, um, we're much more likely to make it enticing. Uh, but if we make it part of our everyday life, then we have an opportunity to change that. One practical example from um, my own experience parenting, I looked after my um, nephews for a, uh, uh, last year for um, quite some months. Um, they came to stay with me. And there were questions. One was 11 and one was um, 14. Uh, and um, uh, usually at that age, the questions are more about um, relationships and feelings and perhaps understanding what um, their sexuality actually was. And uh, we were very open, uh, my husband and I, about uh, and um, approached it with kindness and practicality and um, gave the best advice we could. And I think by trying to take the embarrassment factor out of it and making it a, a very um, factual and gentle conversation, we're able to um, impart a little bit of wisdom. So I have a sad slash funny story purse here. Um, my mom was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer when I was in grade four. And I think she kind of had a crisis as anyone would being told they have a terminal illness where she felt like she had to teach me everything life had to offer. You know, and I was still fairly young, whatever grade four age. I know all my elementary ages by grade and not by age. So maybe like nine or 10, I'd assume, maybe, maybe like eight. Um, so she bought me one of those like sex books that were actually for like 12, like 13 to 14 year olds, like beginning of high school. And she basically handed it to me and she's like, read this. If you have any questions, come to me. And it explained everything like self-touch, sex, contraceptive, babies, everything. So I read the book and I, I knew everything from that. So, um, that's pretty much it. And when I have kids, I might do the same thing, just at an older age and just say like, read this on your own time, um, come to me with questions, and then maybe I'll ask them about it in a couple of By the way, something happened on Lucky Station today, a big conversation and back and forth about religion. And I just wanted to highlight part of that because it does have to do with sex and our collective negative perceptions of sex. So I thought it was somewhat relevant to what we're talking about today in terms of sex education and kids. In the spirit of making this a productive conversation and not just like religious people versus not religious people, I really would like to question and challenge leaders within different religions on their stance on sexuality. I feel like so many religions vilify sexuality. They try to, they preach that people should feel bad or guilty about something that's very natural. And even though people should be encouraged to participate in healthy sexual behavior, it's very psychologically damaging to all of society, to our children, to women, um, to people who don't fall into what is considered to be quote unquote normal when it comes to sex. It's damaging to those people to feel ostracized because there are institutions out there that are preaching that they are bad or dirty or weird. And I wish, I mean, I wish that people would just take a harder look at that. So Travis seems pretty open-minded as a preacher, which is cool. Because for me, I do not judge people, people's faith. You can have whatever faith you want, whatever religion you want to follow, whatever works for you. My problem comes in when religious people then turn around and say, well, because I don't believe in premarital sex for myself, I don't think you, it should be good for you either. In fact, I think it makes you a bad person or a person who needs to be forgiven by someone. 
right? I mean, he talks about forgiveness by Jesus and compassion and all that. But you're, when you have compassion for someone and you say you want to forgive someone, you are inherently implying that that person has done something wrong that needs forgiveness. I don't need nobody's forgiveness. I mean, that's just me. If you want to, if you have a God to answer to and you have something, some principle that you want to adhere to because that makes your life better, that is great. I respect your right to feel that way and you need to respect mine. At least that's what I think. Anyway, moving on. So in case you're wondering what that was, that was me on a karaoke app at three in the morning because I be bullshit and I'm like supposed to be sleeping right now. Um, so belatedly, I'm closing out this episode and we shall move on to the next topic tomorrow. Don't forget to call in with your opinions about today's topic, yesterday's topic. Every day there's a new question and the purpose is that I am collecting these call-ins to be included in future episodes of the Insatiable Podcast. So I will talk to you guys again tomorrow. I might take the weekend off actually. I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk to you guys next week. <laughs>